Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535. And Tom Petty with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. It's going to be a beautiful day. Kind of like yesterday. Sunny, a high of 73. Tonight, clear low of 44. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, high of 68. Not a bad day. Already 54 degrees in downtown Springfield. Scott Cohen will be joining us today after 7 o'clock. There's loads of sports to talk to Scott about today. Also, your chance at uh, seeing Michael Winslow at the Agawam Cinemas on May 20th. Give you all the details about that. And, of course, at 8 o'clock, we give away the uh, keyword to cash. Your chance to win $1,000 right here from Rock 102. So there's that and more. Facts and Nagel on Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's just about 551. And ZZ Top with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's going to be a nice day today. Sunny and a high of 72. It is 55 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, let's see. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Ex- uh, Aqua Pump, an expert in all water supply systems from the well to the pump and into the house. Somehow you still care about what's happening in Hollywood. So, from Tinseltown, 3,000 miles away, it's Steve Nagel's Hollywood Trash. Did you watch the coronation of King Charles? No, you know why I didn't? Why? Because I was sleeping right through it. Uh, what are you talking about? You didn't get up at uh, 5 o'clock in the morning uh, to do this? this you know this, what? This whole thing? I did not. King Charles was officially crowned on Saturday, but the real news of the day is that Katy Perry couldn't find her seat. And a video of her wandering around looking for it went viral. <laughs> you know, when you're, when that's more popular than the king, king being crowned, uh, I don't know what kind of world we're living in here. Uh, it was also uh, pretty hard not to notice Prince Harry sitting a few rows behind the rest of the family. Speaking of unwelcome guests, the Grim Reaper made an appearance. Did you see that? Uh, no. They're like uh, showing Charles coming into that big cathedral, and then in the background, like across a doorway, it looks like the Grim Reaper is back there. Well, he ate the salmon moose. Is that what is that? You remember uh, Monty Python's Meaning of Life? Oh, oh, the Grim Reaper shows up, and the reason why they all died? Yeah, yeah. The salmon moose. See, I wasn't even thinking of that. I was uh, thinking more about who would destroy the sanctity of uh, this beautiful ceremony that you're having for King Charles. Well, whoever prepared the salmon moose. Uh, Katie was more in her element on Sunday when she performed at the Coronation Concert with Lionel Richie, Angela Bocelli, uh, Steve Winwood, Nicole Scherzinger. How do you say Scherzinger? Scherzinger? That sounds about right. And uh, British group Take That. Uh, one last quick note. Katie and Lionel appeared on an American Idol last night from London, and they had the king and queen with them. Ooh. Yeah, how about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah now you're that. talking. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch any of this. I could care less. I, I liked seeing the pictures of, like, uh... The protest signs that say "Not my king," <laughs> and they're they, you know the only good king is Burger King. Yeah, right. And uh, a lot of people don't like uh, this the fact that they did this whole thing because it costs sixty-five to one hundred and twenty-five million dollars that the taxpayers are picking up for this whole thing. But you know what? Um, every time there's something going on with the royal family, like a like a big event, whether it's like. A, the Queen's funeral, or you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. There's always someone complaining about the cost and how much does this cost to everybody. And well, you know, like you have the king, and yeah, you got a royal family. It's part of your culture. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Not have them? Have them pay their taxes? Well, it might not be a sixty-five million dollars celebration. 
If they had gone on the cheap, let's say they had this coronation at a VFW hall somewhere. Yeah. And they hired Steve Nagel to be the DJ. Yeah. Then you'd have people complaining, boy, they really went on the cheap on this. They really went all all cheap out on this. It's done. When you find out that all the supplies for the coronation were found at the party warehouse, and all of a sudden you realize, hey, maybe we should have made a bigger deal of this. Uh, we went to uh, we went to Dollar General instead. They have much cheaper items there. Same stuff, much yeah. cheaper. Oh yeah, total coronation involved stuff there. Despite the Writers Guild strike, MTV went ahead with its movie and TV awards, but it was not a typical award show. It was actually a lot like award show were during COVID. No host, no audience, no theater, no presenters, just an announcer naming the nominees, then the winner. Some winners gave pre-taped video acceptance speeches and some did not. Drew Barrymore, who would have hosted if the strike didn't happen, appeared in a few painfully unfunny bits that were apparently recorded before the strike. Hmm. The show was only two hours and it was still padded with uh, greatest hit type bits from past shows as well as new trailers and clips from upcoming movies and TV shows. If there was a highlight, it would have to be Tom Cruise accepting the award for best performance in a movie while flying in a fighter jet. Other winners uh, on the night included Scream 6 for Best Movie, Mm -hmm. The Last of Us for Best Show, Wednesday star Jenna Ortega for Best Performance in a Show, and Pedro Pascal from The Last of Us for Best Hero. And that's it. It it? It was just a boring old award show. Steve, aren't they all? No, no, no. God, uh, can you imagine Drew Barrymore actually being there in person? That would have changed everything. Could you imagine an audience there? Yeah, they must have been. Uh, they must have been completely out of their minds. Yeah, and I have the the list of all the winners. If you want me to go, I don't. Through each I don't think every... you need to go through that. That are sounds you, like a lot of work. Are you sure? Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure. All right, the writer's strike just got a little serious for some people because now it's messing with Stranger Things. Production on the fifth and final season has been halted. Creators Matt and Ross Duffer said, quote, We're excited to start production with our amazing cast and crew. It's not possible, though, during the strike. We hope a fair deal is reached soon so we can all get back to work. Until then, over and out. Hashtag WGasStrong. I don't even know what that is. I don't watch the show, so don't get mad at me for not knowing that. Uh, Marvel has also shut down pre-production of the new Blade movie. Starring Mershala Ali, but Deadpool 3 and Thunderbolts are still scheduled to finish, finish filming in the next few weeks. Meanwhile, Pete Davidson brought pizza to picketers in New York City. Wow. Well, that was a nice nice guy of him. Well, do. you know, I mean, these folks are out there and they're picketing. He's not going to have any work if he doesn't uh, get there. Well, that's, that's why. Everything, you know, his whole career revolves around who's writing for him. CBS has canceled SWAT, meaning it's done after the sixth finale, uh, six, season six finale airs on May 19th, and Shamar Morse is not happy about it. He posted an Instagram video saying, it makes no sense. We've done nothing wrong. We did everything that was asked for. He added that CBS made him believe, as recently as last week, the show would be given some kind of seventh season so they could say goodbye properly, but he's not giving up. He wants the fans to let CBS know that they want the show to continue. I have never seen one episode of this. What episode? What show is it? SWAT. I remember the original SWAT. Yeah, well, apparently this one's been on for six seasons and nobody knew about it. (laughs) No idea. Uh, Well, that would require you turning on CBS every once in a while. uh, He said, make some effing noise and let them know that canceling SWAT is an effing mistake. Do you think that was the original? uh, When they said that originally when they canceled the first SWAT? You let them know that we don't want this show taken away from us. It's too important. 
It was an important show at its time, but yeah. man, I feel like uh, it's totally out of favor. I'm not watching SWAT on CBS. And then uh, Kim Kardashian was courtside with the Lakers uh, over the weekend at the game. Really? Yeah. She was had something to say. Oh, my God. The last time I was this close to the Lakers was when Ray J invited them over and ran a Kobe beef injection party in that sex tape you can purchase on YouPorn for thirty nine ninety five. dollars You ever have a Kobe beef injection? No, but I love Kobe when he played for the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> Caitlin? Oh, I never got that done and dirty with him with a Chris Kim, but I once did a little colon boning. Okay. Shook the mud bunion. <laughs> What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is she poked the purple plum and I gave her a pro stash. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. From that pate. Yeah, no, I got yeah, that. Yeah, yeah sure. Not party, pate. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Hi, it's Dave Miner from Dave Miner Exterior. Downs, you might want to hold off and show some restraint before you drain your bank accounts on Derby Day. Well, as it turns out, that was really good advice because not only did two more horses die, but the horse Forte, who was favored to win at 3-1 to one odds, scratched from the race with a bruised foot. Now, had you bet on Forte to win, you might have gotten your money back, but I'm, and I'm sure you would have been delighted by that. But wouldn't that wouldn't explain why a sport that's already under scrutiny for doping would lose seven horses before the most significant horse race in the world or the world's most prestigious racetrack? I certainly don't have an answer for what's going on over here. All I can tell you is, is uh, finding a goofy hat, having enough toothpicks for everybody at the party, and making sure I pick Mage to win at 16-1, to 1, that's what I was focused on. Other than that, the last thing that's running around in my mind is that Churchill Downs is an equine-centric death trap. Because you see, enough minty muddled bourbon drinks in my system, I can't possibly focus on the looming tragedy of dead animals. And especially not when the host just brought out those delicious weenie wraps that I love so much. Because those things are just too delicious. And I don't want to be the one to ruin the party with any unwanted moral outrage. Not while those weenie wraps keep coming. And please pass the dipping sauce. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, anyone know about uh, anything about grills? There's a trained grill expert at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. In Palmer, for example, it's Jeffrey. Jeffrey's your guy. He's got all kinds of uh, grilling know-how about Weber, Big Green Eggs, Traeger Wood Fire Grill, the Uni Pizza Oven, and introducing the Blackstone Outdoor Griddles. All available at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. Angle on Rock 102. Going to be a really nice day today. Sunny and a high of 72. Tomorrow, uh, more of the same with a high of 67. It's 55 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, so, uh, well, I don't know. I, there's a lot of stuff happening over the weekend here uh, as far as my email has was blowing up. Was it? Uh, well, we do that whole uh, best of show, I guess, if you want to call it that, on a Saturday. <laughs> you want to call it a best of. I mean, if you really want to. You want to simplify it as best you can, I guess. Well, uh, I replayed the interview with uh, the Firefighters Union president up in South Hadley, right. uh, Kevin LaPierre, about the budget issues that they're having up there. With uh, Supposedly, uh, they're not going to have any firefighters in District 1 in South Hadley come July 1st. I don't know how true that is. Well, but, I mean, it sounds almost unfathomable that you would just yeah. you know, completely defund your fire department. But, but, but it... It, but it had been explained to us that this that this that some vote had happened, like a, like a small group of voters showed up and then changed the vote, and then all of a sudden we don't have any firefighters left in South Hadley. It's just like a desolate wasteland now, right? You know. But, Although when we talked to uh, the guy yeah. from the union, I, I was you know I brought up the 
something that I believe is true, is that there yeah. are parts of uh, South Hadley, especially District 1, yeah. which is actually quite flammable. Very flammable. Yeah, it could easily, it could easily be set on fire. I think the whole town is pretty easily uh, set on fire. Right? Yeah. By the way, that's not a suggestion. No, yeah, don't do that. It's just a, you know, a matter of conversation. If, I mean, if, you, yeah. if you've got pyromaniac tech, uh, you, uh, compulsions, yeah. there's, there's other ways of doing it. And I, I got pushback from somebody uh, saying, you can't just go on the radio and say that uh, the whole fire, fire uh, department's being defunded. And I said, listen, I... I like to do research when I talk about things. I don't like to be like the 22 News where it doesn't have any extra information to it. I heard that news about the fight. We talked about it, I believe, on Wednesday. Yeah. And because there was a press release that came over that said, you know, the, the fire department's going to be defunded on July 1st because of this meeting. It wasn't just a press release. It, Western Mass News had oh, the yeah, same story. Twenty two had the same story, but, but all of a sudden we're the ones who are irresponsible for passing it along. But nobody really elaborated on why, and that's why I wanted to find out. So I went on all those community forums and I put the article up and I said, "Does anybody really have any other information about this?" And every person that commented pointed directly to the fire chief, uh, Bob Othier. So I contacted him, and then he said, "You know what? The best guy to talk about this would be the union president." So we have all of that information, uh, uh, you know, that came out of the, you know, that's from their side of what's right. going on. And then people are like, oh, what are you talking about? It's this prudential committee that makes all the financial decisions in our town. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, if you need to explain this to me, what it is, and I still really don't understand what this prudential committee is. Apparently, they make all the financial decisions in town. Okay. And sometimes they don't take advice from the voters and things like that. So I I don't really get it. I don't really understand the whole thing, and that's why I'm trying to find out more about that. Okay? Well, I just did a quick Google search on uh, Prudential Committee South Hadley. Yeah. You know, if you're looking to uh, insure yourself with rock, uh, Prudential shows up right away. this This is what I'm getting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and here it is. Uh, Prudential Committee, South Halley Fire District 1. You have to go way, way down. Yeah, okay, yeah. it's a three-person committee, mm-hmm. and uh, there's not really a whole hell of a lot of explanation as to okay. what they do. Yeah, so that's what I'm trying to find out before we go any further with that, because there's obviously things that I don't, I don't know about it. And I don't mind being corrected on things. You can correct me on something. I'll fully admit that I didn't have the information at the time. Well, the, the, the thing is, uh, you know, we are trying. Give us a little bit of credit. I mean, you, you, we did try to get a little bit of information out of it. It does seem kind of ridiculous that yeah. the that if you're living in South Hadley in District One, yeah. which is two thirds of the town, that you're no longer going to have right. uh, fire or or uh, you know, ambulance service. Uh, come uh, July 1st and it does kind of sound like this is like almost like a threatening type of uh like it's almost like a threat rather than a reality that's something because something between now and July 1st yeah, is going to rectify this. the chicken little syndrome exactly that, that the sky is falling and actually the sky has already fallen and uh you know we're just picking up the pieces from the apocalypse here that's kind of how it was presented right that this is going to happen but I've got to find out more about it. Now, the other thing that uh, people have been giving me information on is this whole thing going on out in Westfield. With uh, there was a, apparently there was a threat by a student, 
twice, two days in a row, mm-hmm. and uh, a parent at the school committee meeting brought up, all she wanted to know was, what is the policy when somebody makes a threat? Because apparently nothing happened to this child uh, about saying that he was going to shoot the teacher twice, two days in a row. Now, with the climate that we have, and we have like all the, these you know, uh, lockdown drills, you know, the kids are doing them on a weekly basis. Right. And I get that there is a privacy level to that. When you have a child involved with something, you can't be giving details of a specific incident because it's related to this one child. But it, they should have what the policy is. Well, the policy seems to be private, according to the superintendent and uh, Mr. Rogers, the safety guy. Well, my understanding is is that the, per- the, the person who was asking at this meeting was, in fact, a teacher. No, she was a parent. She was a parent. Yeah. Okay, parent. I take that back. Yeah. But I th- when last week we were talking about how it was an actual teacher that was asking, okay, so what is the policy here? What is the protocol? Well, because a teacher did ha- has a teacher was complaining about okay. the fact that you know this kid still hasn't been disciplined for right. any of this stuff. But the interesting part about it is, as the teacher was trying to get that information, yeah, they were being swatted down as if like, well, you know, that's we can't disclose that yeah. information to you. Well, if if a teacher is going to be in the front lines of a situation like this, they kind of need to know what the protocol is. They're the ones who are probably in the first in in the yeah. highest level of danger in a, in a situation like yeah, this. Yeah, and that, and that's what I'm I'm not understanding about that either. Like why can't you just why can't you just at least say what the policy is? It's I don't think that's a top secret piece of information. The secret information would be yes, if you ex- explain specifically what happened to this particular student, then that would be a violation of a privacy right thing. Yeah. But in general, what is the policy? And so I've written an email to uh, Chris Rogers and Stefan Saprowski, who is the uh, he's the superintendent. Chris Rogers, Mister Mister Rogers is the safety guy. Mr. Rogers School, yeah. school Department. Hello, children. Today we're going to talk about lockdowns and search. <laughs> you know what? That would be a thing yeah. on Mr. Rogers today. Remember, he used to tackle all those like. Uh, he's hard exactly. Things? He's exactly the kind of guy that we need in a situation like this. Meow, meow, meow. School threats. Meow, meow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, yeah. these school systems are being run by the land of make believe. Yeah, but I like you know people. People are very passionate on both sides of that that argument, but you got to explain to me why you can't say that. Well, because there might be more of an understanding than I don't understand about it yet. For me, unless for me, on the surface though, it seems like why wouldn't you be able to release that information of how a procedure works? You know, I I I understand how school systems want to have some control over what happens in their schools and how information gets disseminated to the general population. I get that. They're afraid of lawsuits. They, they're they afraid of liability. And I, to a certain extent, I can understand the fear mm-hmm. of that because sometimes lawsuits change how schools do business, and it's not always for the best. However, in a situation like what you have now, when spree shootings happen all yeah. the time, you can understand why people want to know a little bit more information and for you to be hiding behind a protocol and not sharing at least parts of this 
are very frustrating pe- to, to people because we're scared of where these things are going to pop up next. Yeah. So, I, you know, as far as what happened to this individual kid, uh, you know, what kind of discipline was meted out yeah. against him or not against him, you know, that may be something that, you know, maybe we're not really supposed to know about. But at least the process should be yeah, a little the, bit more but, but that's, transparent. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I get it. You can't name somebody. You can't maybe name that particular incident. But what is your general policy when a student threats a teacher, not once, but twice, two days in a row? And the kid's still in school. So, what you know, what is... What is your protocol in removing somebody or disciplining somebody? And I get that, you know, we're talking about an elementary school, so I don't know how old this particular student is or whatever. And sometimes, you know, leniency is given because of that age, maybe. But but, But how many times have we heard... Uh, you know, oh, well, this kid that shot up that school, he, 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 for years, he was talking about shooting people and hurting yeah. people and things like that. I mean, the red, oftentimes the yeah. red flags are out there yeah. and, you know, unless you can, uh, it, 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 the reason they're, they're reasoning behind the, uh, the non-disclosure of the protocols is because of privacy issues mm-hmm. with whoever is making threats. Like you say. I, and, and, and I agree. Individual disclosure, if you're going to name a kid, you know, a 10-year-old kid, okay, I can understand the sensitivity of, of, of exposing someone who simply just made a threat. I can understand that. But as a school system, a teacher, uh, a janitor, a parent, uh, you know, an administrator, they need to have a clear understanding of what's going on here because if a school were found to have ignored a situation like this yeah. or have not uh, tried to run some sort of intervention with the kid or his family or whatever, then the school actually opens themselves up to more harm. Yeah. And that's well, just shy of, of an actual incident happening. So to me, they're actually hurting themselves by trying to be so secretive. Well, and it was explained to me over the weekend by a, a couple of different people that I spoke with. Uh, schools don't want to lose their funding. When you when you, all of a sudden you become labeled as a violent school, you tend to lose certain types of funding uh, that go into your district. So mm-hmm. you're, you're trying not – it's like almost like let's under-report. I'm not saying that this is happening here in Westfield. I'm just saying some schools might be reluctant to release that information of how many incidents have happened at the school because they don't want to be labeled a violent school. But in this climate that uh, we got with all these kids making enough. threats and people yeah. getting shot every day – it's something something is more, there's more to this story that we're going to find out it's 623 with Bax and nagel on rock 102 a wearing rock 102 springfield's classic rock at 629 and the eagles with Bax and nagel on rock 102 it's going to be a really nice day today sunny and a high of 72 tomorrow more of the same with a high of 67 it's 55 right now in downtown springfield got scott cohen coming up uh, next hour and also the keyword to cash after eight o'clock today you want to laugh i do all right let's laugh it's Bax and Nagel's Joke of the Day. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. On Rock 102. I make you laugh. Springfield's <laughs> Classic Rock. Uh, I had a joke here, and now I don't know where it is. We'll make one up. Uh, 
What do you call it? Was it was something about a chicken? Uh, I think it was a. Uh, or how's this one? What do you call uh, two old men drooling in their wheelchairs? I don't know. What do you call two old men drooling in their wheelchairs? The 2024 election. That's what it's going to come down to. Yeah. Oh, what do you call a hen staring at a pile of lettuce? I don't know. What do you call a hen staring at a pile of lettuce? A chicken sees a salad. A chicken sees a salad. I don't know. I went uh, from politics to a chicken joke. Which one? uh, They're both great. There you go. Bax and Nagel in the morning on Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. Here's your Western Mass News first. 633 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome today and get 0% financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Rejoice! Our long national nightmare is over. Mary the Antelope was found over the weekend. The missing, uh... Hold on, hold on. You know, it's such an important story. I want to make sure we get all the Hallelujah Chorus in there before you just go ahead and, you know, bulldoze your way through the story. Oh, well, I I usually bulldoze my way through all kinds of missing antelope stories. The missing Elon or Eland, I don't even know how to pronounce that. Anyway, the antelope that escaped the uh, Lupa Zoo in April has finally been captured. According to Joan Lupa, the president of Lupa Zoo in the Ludlow Police Department. Wait, she's the president of the Lupa Zoo and the Ludlow Police Department? This lady does wow. everything. <laughs> Talk yeah. about diverse. How about that? She gave the keys to the, the guy to let himself out of the jail cell? That's really saying oh, something. Uh, Mary the Antelope was captured around 11.45 p.m. on Saturday. It is expected to be brought back to the Lupa Zoo around 10.30 a.m. on Sunday. Since we don't have updates, we don't know if the if the antelope made it back or not. Uh, it says that they safely found, yeah. and uh, I mean, yeah, it, it sounds like... Uh, it sounds like the you know Mary's on her way. Yeah, Mary was found between Miller and Chapman Street near Eversource. Oh, maybe she was looking for a job as a lineman. Maybe she was there to pay her bill. She could be. Hey, who's leaving all these antelope lights on over there? Yeah, bill is six hundred bucks this month. <laughs> what? What am I lighting up the whole deer population? Yeah. You know, the problem is they can't be lining. Once they get up in that uh, thing, those antlers get oh, stuck on the lines. Well, the picture of Mary, I don't know if you've seen this. Yeah. She's missing a horn. She's got one horn. I thought the females don't have the horns. Well, there's a horn in this one. Well, maybe she's... She's only horny half the time. She's, oh, yeah, there you <laughs> go. That's <laughs> uh, this is, uh, yeah, from Wally Lupa, the director of facility development, said, last night I had an eye on her near the solar panels by the Mass Pike in Chapin and Miller Streets and was able to bring her in with a live camera, a 100-foot rope, and a trailer. That's usually how I pick up my dates, too. <laughs> a live camera, a 100-foot rope, and a trailer. Yeah, but there's, there was no, uh, no uh, rag full of chloroform in that uh, conversation. No, there wasn't. <laughs> Well, that's how you that's how you uh, transported the cattle from Mingles when that was open. <laughs> would you really refer to them as as cattle, or would you refer to them as hogs? Uh, hogs, yeah. I got all livestock. Anyway, oh, they're grazing today at the Wrinkle Ranch. She walked right into the trailer uh, to say, uh, "I was relieved." Would be an understatement. I would imagine, uh, you know, being the owner of the zoo, going. Uh, I'm missing one of my kids. You know what I mean? Like that. I mean, they become part of your family. Yeah. They're animals, and uh, 
you know, you want you want them to come back home. Do you, I, mean, I don't even know because I don't uh, I don't really know anybody that owns their own zoo. Mm-hmm. But do you periodically keep an inventory of who's there and who's not? I would imagine you would know exactly who's there and who's not. I'm going to tell you, yeah. uh, over the weekend, uh, we uh, saw someone uh, that that we knew whose dog had a litter of puppies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we went over and take a look at the puppies, and they were adorable. How do you not love puppies, I know, right? I know, I know, I uh, know. The good news is uh, we didn't grab one for ourselves, but there were nine of them. Nine? Nine beautiful golden lab puppies. Damn. And I tried to count them, but, you know, they're puppies. So, like, they're, they're you know, at one point, they're all kind of... Uh, piled on top of each other, oh, napping. Yeah. So it's like you had to count all the heads that keep moving around. Had to you had to count like nine different times to get the nine, the 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 final sum of nine. And even the people who's uh, had the puppies, same thing. So my question is, if you're running a zoo, yeah, how do you keep inventory? How do you keep track of them all? Uh, listen, they're professionals. They've been doing this for years. They obviously knew that this one escaped. I guess you know. I guess. Uh, anyway, the antelope escaped on April 1st from the zoo after a tree fell and broke the paddock during a recent storm. The male uh, stayed while the female decided to walk out. Go ahead, leave. Oh, you, you know what? I'm done with this argument. I'm I'm leaving. Good, go. Where are you going to go? Huh? Palmer? Huh? <laughs> Don't you realize that here's where the deer and the antelope play and you want to go discover the world? Yeah. You'll be back. Go ahead. They all come back. Yeah, you walk away. You go. (laughs) By the way, I'm taking half of this feed with me. (laughs) Yeah, we'll make sure the salt lick's still here when you get back. (laughs) Right. Uh, uh, Nick Kochi said he was incredibly pleased with the story as a happy ending, and that is due to the entire Lupa Zoo staff working tirelessly to bring her home safely. Uh, While he slept uh, in his car, Slept in his car over the uh, past five weeks as he tried everything imaginable to bring Mary home. He showed amazing compassion, and I'm proud of my team and other law enforcement agencies who all worked together uh, to get to this day. Yeah, yeah, I know I know the, the police and the sheriff's department were involved, but doesn't that seem like kind of a like a big, I don't know, does that seem like a, like a real good use of their service? The sheriff's department? Should this be a, a sheriff's detail looking for... An antelope that's missing from a zoo. Well, they're more experts in picking up donkeys since they're a bunch of asses over there anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You I see what exactly I did there? what yeah, you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and now we have to, like, shift to a really serious story. So okay. I can't do anything. One person uh, is unfortunately dead after a multi-vehicle crash on I-91 North in Longmeadow. According to the Mass State Police, at 2.55 a.m., troopers were sent to I-91 North just inside of the Connecticut line for a multi-vehicle crash. Three people have been injured. One person died from the accident. All three northbound lanes were closed as the investigation of the crash continued and are now back open. Traffic was currently being diverted to exit 49 in Enfield. So we don't have any mm. more information on that. The uh, where police. Uh, where police? Their police are looking for a suspect in a hit-and-run incident at Cumberland Farm Saturday. They left one bicyclist with injuries. According to the Ware Police. Ware Police? Ware Police. On Saturday, at approximately 2.30 a.m., the uh, police were sent to the Cumberland Farms for a hit and run that involved a juvenile bicyclist. When officers arrived, they found that the juvenile had serious superficial injuries and was taken to the hospital by EMS for evaluation. The debris from the road indicates that the car was involved 
in the accident might be a BMW E90 series with front end damage and is possibly missing the grill. Steve, I believe it's called debris. Whatever. You and your uh, Ivy League school that you went to. I did. It wasn't Ivy League. Or, uh, you and your uh, fig leaf school that you went to. <laughs> that's that's more like it. Uh, witnesses weren't able to identify the color of the vehicle and was last seen heading northbound on West Street towards Main Street. If you have any information on the vehicle, you're asked to call the Ware Police. Ware Police? Ware Police. Uh, you can do so anonymously or you can email. I like how they're making it uh, easier to... Well, if I get to... You know, if I'm going to flap my gums to the to the heat, I want to make sure I've got to some anonymity. M M M M and I want to make sure no one knows who I am. Anonymous. The Holyoke Police is seeking the public's help in identifying a jewelry thief, according to the Holyoke Police Department. The thief made off. I'm sorry. The jewelry thief made off with some jewelry. Would that technically make him the jewelry thief? The very definition of a jewelry thief. At the Holyoke Mall. Uh, anyone that has information on his own identity is asked to call the uh, Holyoke Police Department. They have a picture up on their Facebook page. Would this be what the uh, the cops refer to as a snatching grab? <laughs> oh, I see. Grab. Yeah, grab. Hey, uh, jewelry at the mall? So well, whatever this know, guy stole is worth six times as much as it would be if you went to Hanush? <laughs> Well, you know, it yeah. is Mother's Day coming up, Steve. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I was like, no better way to say I love you, Mom, than you, with jewelry. You get a better deal if you actually go buy a piece of uh, jewelry from Hanush and Hadley. I mean, that's how you that's how you work it out. This guy's stealing stuff. Yeah, that's 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 no way to show Mom you love her. Nah, what are you doing? What what are you doing? Um, Northampton uh, Fire Rescue is warning residents of a scheme that's involving their department. According to the Northampton Fire Rescue, residents have been receiving texts from an unknown number trying to sell T-shirts. This is not the Northampton Fire Rescue. This uh, would be a scheme. It is advised not to go on their website or send any money to the number that comes across as a text message. And it says Northampton Fire Rescue T-shirts are on special discount for today. And they provide a link in there. And they are not. Mm-mm. There's there's no T-shirts to be sold? No, there's no, uh, I got rescued by the Northampton Fire Rescue and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. You'd be better off getting yourself a liquor license in that town than you would a T-shirt. Yeah, absolutely. A liquor license, well, no. The liquor license get hoarded. You can't get one of those. <laughs> if you want an empty storefront, you yeah, can you see find one those of those. Too. Yeah, those are yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, fire Rescue T-shirts, not for sale. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be a really nice day. Uh, a little bit of clouds to start, but then sunny and a high of 73. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 66. It's 54 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. GGE. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 651. And Stone Temple Pilots with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's uh, going to be a nice, nice day with uh, sunny with a high of 73. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 66. It's 54 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, 8 o'clock this morning, we will announce the next keyword to cash. You'll hear it at 8, 11, 2, and 5. You listen for the $1,000 keyword to cash and enter the keyword into rock102.com before midnight for your chance to win $1,000. And if you don't win today, you can keep playing every weekday. To increase your chances. Mm-hmm. See how simple that is? Very simple. Very, very simple. It's your chance to win $1,000 uh, with the keyword to cash. Brought to you by TextMeForTires.com. 
Kim Keel, the Nielsen team, Living Keller Williams, and Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, you know, if you just go back on the podcast, you can hear what the word was uh, if you missed it at those times. Yeah, no, you could, but mm-hmm. you know, by the time the podcast goes up, it's uh, it's 10 o'clock, and it's going to be announced again at 11, so, I mean, why don't you just uh, you know, wait to 11 or... I mean, you could go back later in the day. I mean, I suppose you miss 11, 2, and 5, but uh, but nevertheless. Well, I'm just saying, if you miss it all, let's say, you, I don't know, uh, you're at a court arraignment at 11 o'clock in the yeah. morning, you can't hear it. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. Uh, once you get out of court, what are you going to do? Oh, you're going to go on the uh, Bax and Nagel podcast, and we're going to go back and listen to that keyword. Well, that is assuming that... Ironically, uh, the $1,000 is the exact bail money I need for my court arraignment. True. But then again, you're also assuming that they're going to let you go after your arraignment. Yeah, that's true. You know, too. I mean, you may yeah. have to go right back in, in which case you probably wouldn't have access to good Wi-Fi in the in the right. tank. So on your way to court, when you hear the word, when you safely pull over and you get to your parking spot, then you can go online. You can enter the keyword, and then uh, then you'll be entered. Yeah, what I don't know is if you can have somebody else yeah. put your name in in your absence. Yeah, like a, like a proxy winner. About that, I don't know, and and. I'm sure all the rules are available at Rock 102 and uh, in their offices or uh, online or whatever, but uh, those are the rules as I have been led to believe. All right, I'm going to change gears without using the clutch. Sure. All right. See, we just jerked around. Uh, What was the worst thing that ever happened to you in a hotel? Have you ever had anybody uh, come in one of your rooms? (sighs) Let me think about this. The worst thing that's ever happened to me in a hotel. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I haven't had anything really bad happen to me in a hotel other than, say, like a bed bug infestation. Oh, you were there with one? An alleged one. Yeah. Uh, my room was fine, but uh, there was like a protest outside of the hotel, oh. including a flatable uh, cockroach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so I had to think twice. Oh, you know, actually, I think I go back. I go back. I, yes, I was, uh, I had reserve, this was in New York, I had reservations for a hotel, uh-huh. and there was a fire inside the hotel, Okay, and they had to move everybody to different hotels around the city, Oh God! and I was placed in the hotel with the bed bug problem, uh, so I really didn't have a whole lot of choice because there weren't really any more vacancies anywhere else, right. so I stayed in the flea bag hotel as opposed to the real nice one that I was supposed right. to supposed to be staying at okay. so that was probably i could say the worst thing that's ever happened to me in a hotel all right well uh this guy's got a worse story a hotel guest is planning to sue a hotel chain after he says he woke up in the night to find a member of the staff sucking on his toes peter brennan from texas was staying overnight at the hilton downtown nashville hotel on march 30th for a work conference mm. however his night's sleep was allegedly interrupted around 5 a.m. when hotel employee, 52-year-old David Neal, let himself into Mr. Brennan's room. According to the Nashville Metropolitan Police, he had cloned a key card to let himself in, uh, and when Mr. Brennan woke up, he found his toes were in Neal's mouth. Mr. Brennan said, I instantly jumped up and was screaming, went into this sort of fact-finding mode, like, who are you? Why are you in my room? What are you doing here? I didn't read any of this on the AAA recommendations. Yes, so where's the trip advisor? Uh... <laughs> Four stars on this one. I mean, the Expedia yeah. reviews are quite good, but I yeah. didn't expect this. See, you got to sort by worst reviews to best reviews because the best ones are the ones they're going to show first. Yeah. If you didn't uh, sort by that uh, half a star rating that said manager may come into your room at 5 a.m. and start sucking your toes, 
That's your problem. Yeah, but you know, sometimes when you yeah. bundle with Expedia yeah. or Orbitz, you don't even, I mean, you get the, the room practically for free, and yeah. you know, who's to complain? He said, I could see he was wearing a uniform. He had his name tag on. He was talking to me, but not giving me any substantive answers. Uh, I could see he was, uh, Neil cl- claimed he entered the room because he could smell smoke, but no other guest or hotel staff had reported smelling smoke that night. He was arrested at his home in nearby Lebanon, Tennessee, and was charged with aggravated burglary and assault. Uh, Mr. Brennan says he still doesn't really feel safe in his own home following the incident and is suing both Neil and the Hilton Hotels. Hmm. A Hilton spokesperson said uh, Hilton in downtown Nashville is uh, independently owned and operated by a third party and no Hilton entity employs staff at this party, mainly because we don't want to be sued in this lawsuit. (laughs) Hilton does not hire toe suckers. You want that, you're going to have to go to a red roof. The uh, safety and security of our guests is a top priority. A separate statement from hotel management said the safety and security of our guests and team members is our highest priority. We're working close with the police and uh, yada, yada, yada. They're going to get together with them. But, uh, yeah, I've never had that kind of incident. Would that be the worst thing that could happen in a hotel? You know, you you see uh, there's there's those adult films out there online where those guys, like, they feed off that. Yeah. Like, they're, they're like... They start uh, doing things to themselves, hoping mm-hmm. that the maid will come in. Right, like like that's gonna happen. Right, and like there's uh, a guy on the bed splayed out all naked. Yeah, and the 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 uh, the, 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 the the housekeeping yeah. lady comes in. And yeah. The first thing out of this guy's mouth is, "What took you so long?" Right, yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, you know, they have this video. Yeah, the the, the guy flogging the fig pouch, and all of a sudden the. the <laughs> The maid comes in and goes, oh, me so sorry. We didn't get together. And then she leaves. There's nothing really exciting about it. It's not like she joined in. Yeah, no, that never happens. No, no. Never, ever happens. Yeah. So, uh, well, this guy, he's probably never going back to it. Should have stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. You wouldn't wouldn't have had this probably happen to you. It's just about 6.58 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, remember last week when the Boston Celtics were busy blowing out Philadelphia in Game 2 of the Eastern Conference semifinals by a score of 121-87? to I like that Boston Celtics team. I also like the Boston Celtics that won Game 3, 114-102. I'll take a 12-point win over any day of the week. However, you know what I don't like? I don't like when the Celtics allow James Harden to pile up 45 points, and I especially don't like it when the Celtics lose Game 4 in overtime, even if it was by a single point at 115-114. In a best-of-seven-game series, the last thing you want to do is give an opponent a sense of hope. I hate when teams have that. And I especially hate it when a team restores its confidence at the expense of the Boston Celtics. I'm not crazy about that sort of thing at all. Because you see, by losing yesterday, the Celtics and the Sixers are now tied at two games apiece. That means the Celtics will have to win tomorrow night at home for Game 5. And if they don't, then the series will head to Philadelphia, where the Sixers could, in theory, end the series in six games. And trust me, nobody wants to see that happen. Instead, I would prefer the Celtics take care of business tomorrow night at home, then go to Philadelphia with all that extra momentum and end it. Now I know there are some of you who will say, well, I'd rather see them win the series at home. That, my friends, is exactly what I would like to avoid. Because you see, the only way to win this series at home is to do it during Game 7. And as I have stated on countless occasions, I would much prefer to avoid uh, that sort of thing. 
I hate Game 7 situations. Only two things can happen during Game 7, and half of them are bad. I'd say get this thing over with as quick as possible. That way we can get ready for Miami when they wind up blowing out the Knicks. Get this sucker done in six, and I'll be totally satisfied with that. But hey, enough of my yappings. What's brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Have you been to uh, Baxi's Backyard Pizzeria? Me neither. Not yet, at least. But with an uni wood fire pizza, outdoor pizza oven, I can be doing wood fire pizzas all the time, and you could too. Get an uni at your grilling destination at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's going to be mostly sunny today with a high of 73. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 55 right now in downtown Springfield. <clears throat> My goodness, what a delight oh. to welcome him back, as always. Here he is. The guy that used to be Scott Cohen. I used to Rock. be Scott Cohen, for crying out loud. Don't you ever forget it. Yeah, buddy, Monday I start. You know, I basically start my week with you two gentlemen. Yeah, I, I, I knew where you were going to go with you that. You know where I was going. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is where it all be- this this is where where it all starts. starts for you. Right, it all starts. Mm. It all starts. I would imagine that by Friday afternoon, five, you know, 4.59, you're just about done with everything. How about... <laughs> How about one fifty nine on a Friday? No, seriously. It's actually he's done at seven twenty three on a Monday. <laughs> uh, did you watch the Kentucky Derby over the weekend? I did. Yeah. Did you? I I saw. It was driving through Westfield. Probably uh, I don't know. Maybe a couple hours before the actual race started, and there must have been some sort of like Kentucky Derby uh, type party for college kids because sure. there was all these college kids wearing the. You know the dresses and the hats and all that stuff. Getting, but that, they getting were, after it. They were stumbling. Oh and, wow, that's oh, yeah. the, Surpri- that. the least surprising headline. I, of the I day. saw <laughs> one girl uh, fall uh, on her way back to wherever she was going, and right. I was like, "Oh, this sounds like a like a good party." We never had a Kentucky Derby party. Now you uh you covered the Derby, right? I I covered horse racing um, almost exclusively from like 90, 1994 till about ninety seven. Been to Derby, bunch of derbies, mm-hmm. Belmont, you know, Preakness, Breeders' Cup, the whole thing. Have you ever seen a situation? Now, I'm going to ask you this because you know horse racing is already you know dealing with a couple of serious issues, doping and and any number of things. Yep. And last year there was another horse uh, horse race. Uh, I think it was in California, where they're kind of having similar problems that they had this year at Churchill Downs. Yep. Here you had seven horses die in the course of ten days, seven, and even the the favorite uh, Forte winds up getting scratched with a bruised foot, three yep. to one odds. Which you know, and you have to wonder: is there something going on in horse racing that this is happening? Because this isn't the first year you've had no. problems. I mean, I forgot what you know, it was like. Is it St. Anne's or something like that? Someplace in California, Santa Anita. That's it, Santa Anita. And they were having problems last year where they had a number of unexplained deaths at that at these horse tracks. Right. What is going on? Well, I mean, like, I think that, uh, you know, I, I think I have a theory about it. And um, but yeah, I just, you know, I just want to uh, preface before we, you know, really get into a conversation about this, that at that level, um, there's there's so much money involved that they they really do try to take the best care of those horses that we can, right? And they, or that they can. And the people who are involved in the sport 
I would say 99.9% of them have the best interest of the horse at, at the forefront. I mean, these are, for the most part, these are good people and the horses are treated really well. And a lot of the injuries that, I mean, listen, a horse breaks is, breaks a leg or, or fractures a bone. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It's they Because the horses will not stand still to be off their feet like a human being will. So they, they have to put them down. Um, and a lot of times when horses break their legs, it, it, there's some, it, there's, it could be a, a pointed that there's a problem with the track. The track's not being uh, taken care of. But I think in this case, with, with all of these, you know, highly rated thoroughbreds who are dying, I think it could be a case where, you know, there's doping going on mm-hmm. and animals that shouldn't be on the course uh, are, uh, you know, they're key. It, it's just like a, any professional athlete. They'll do anything to keep the horse on the field. And I think that's what's going on now. Well, that's what I was going to kind of get at, because, you know, doping has been around you know, a lot in the last couple of years. You know, Bob Baffert's been suspended for like the last couple the top, of years. The top trainer in the game suspended. For that very reason, for doping. And then you wonder, okay, well, you know, whenever you whenever you take some sort of uh, medication, regardless of what it is, there's always a side effect. And if the side effect of doping means that now you've passed some of these genetic mutations down to another to another yes, generation that's, of horse that's that's what it is and also that's what i think it is and, and do you compromise you, their skeletal you system? you compromise the skeletal system and here's another thing that a lot of people do, probably don't realize who don't follow the sport closely um in other parts of the world they don't so the the uh, horses that race in the kentucky derby are three years old and their first um, big-time racing happens when they're two. And in other parts of the world, they don't race horses as two-year-olds because they're not fully formed. They're, they're, uh, they're babies, for right. crying out loud. And, you know, you hear like some – you hear the handicap race. You've heard that um, yeah. thing before. So a horse is fully developed at four and five and six years old. They're not even fully developed at three. And when they run in the Kentucky Derby, those horses have never run that far before in their life. It's the first time they've ever run a mile and a half. And for some horses, that's grueling. And when you talk about what we just talked about with the medication and genetic mutations and the bones not being strong enough, that's what's happening now. There's something weird to me about the fact that, you know, uh, Churchill Downs is a equine death trap. It's a but graveyard of champions. It's a graveyard of champions. And yet, as long as I get to wear a funny hat and get to drink uh, a very disappointing minty bourbon cocktail, right. that's all I care about. Right. You know, as long as I got money on forte to win at three to one odds, that's all I'm uh, that's really all caring about. That's all people care about. And listen, we can see, you can sit there and compare it to... To the National Football League, you know, half, and I'm being I'm being facetious with the half. Half of the guys who are on the field on a given Sunday probably should not be out there. They're 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 ju- not with steroids, but they're juiced up with painkillers mm-hmm. <clears throat> and medication, anything to keep them on the field. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's why our NFL running backs' career is, is sometimes only three yes, years. But we don't euthanize the players that you shouldn't don't, be out on the field. We do not. Right. We do not and that and we don't you know because because we don't we don't at the end of the day they don't care about the horses in some ways all they care about is is making money 
Well, they care about the horse if the horse is going to make the money. Yes. It's stud fees for, you know, yep. for the remainder of their lives. I mean, that's really, I mean, that's really what the big money comes in. A horse could win the Kentucky Derby and never run another race in his life and make the owner millions got, of dollars. I got a whole list of uh, uh, horse deaths or uh, chasing Artie, collapse and died after a race at Churchill. Uh, Cadence Courage fell catastrophic injury, euthanized at parks. All of these uh, these horses uh, just been put down because, well, you veered off the course. Sorry, sorry, death, yeah. death. Yeah. yeah, there's no. Uh, there, it, it's it's black or white. It's 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 life or death. A, a horse, if a horse do, breaks a bone or or suffers a fracture, they they can't recover from. I it. mean, not to diminish the fact that Mage wins this thing, and you know, at sixteen to one odds. I mean, it, you know, never mind that. It's just that you know, when you have this, you know, this casted shadow over the whole thing based upon what's happened and i've been talking about this since last week when there were only four horses that had died now right. you got seven and then a couple of injuries a couple of late scratches and you have to wonder you know is this is this sport really on the up and up it's on the it's on the up and up and you know i i and i don't know what year what year in the early 90s it was but um but the breeders cup is is a big day of just like eight tremendous races yeah and they had the Breeders' Cup at Belmont Park in the early 90s, and they had, th I believe it was three horses die on the same day. And so that was a that was a big catastrophe yeah. and a huge story. And then but, all of a sudden, you know, it went away, and we got, you know, back to business as usual. But, so it's but, not the first time it's happened. But it's all on the up and up. It's, yeah. it, it's you know, not. It's 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 well, basically you're just you know breeding these horses just to see if you can make you some money, and when we're done with them, see you later. Well, I, I'm. It's probably somewhere between here and there. Steve. But at least the mint julep was delicious. Ah, the mint yeah. julep is the worst cocktail in the world, yeah. man. You ever have one of those I, things? I yeah. have, and I'm going really. We're get, we're getting excited about this. Hey, mm. let's take a ton of sugar and put bourbon yeah. in it and some yeah. mint and have at it. Hey, uh, the Red Sox ended an eight-game winning streak yep. against uh, Philadelphia yesterday. Kyle Schwaber, the former Red Soccer. Why can't we get players like that? <laughs> he hit a two-run home run yesterday. Hey, listen, when you win eight in a row, it it it's fine. You can you can lose a game, and then they, they get a day off today to think about it, and then they play again tomorrow. And uh, the Celtics. I uh, told you guys. I told you guys a month ago that. The team that I was most afraid of. First, I said all the good teams are in the are in the Eastern Conference, and I told you that the team that scared me the most was Philadelphia, and here they are, yeah. tied it to. This is a a good old fashioned NBA playoff series. It it is, and it's the kind of series that you could see going into seven games. Absolutely hate, not, no question about it. Even though I hate se uh, seven game series, I will say though. That if they can get past Philadelphia, yeah, the Miami Heat are a really, really tough team. They're tough in a different way, though. I think you know Miami's an athletically tough team. Philadelphia's got the whole package, and they're they're big. You know that guy Joel Embiid. I mean, my he guy's a just a beast. So he's yeah, a, he's a beast. And then all of a sudden, you forget that James Harden is also on that team. Oh my team. gosh, he scored 40, 45 in game one, and he scored to win it over forty yesterday. yesterday. Yeah, he's one of the best. He's been one of the best players in the league for years. Yeah, unbelievable. And uh, and so I mean, we'll see what we'll see what happens. We will. But uh, the they you know game five is 
is coming up. And hey, I then just, the I, Celtics I, losing yesterday and the series being even at two is no reflection on how the Celtics have played. They played great yesterday. They just they're playing a good team. Lost by one in overtime. Yep, can't yep. Uh, can't argue with that. You had uh, somebody you yeah, want to talk about. Yeah, listen, so, you know, you guys know that I've been, I've been doing this for a long time. And I've, uh, you know, I've covered Breeders' Cup, uh, you know, been to the World Series, the Stanley Cup, all of that stuff. The thing that I enjoyed the most was covering um, high school sports here in Western Mass. There's a, a woman, uh, uh, Donna Woodcock, who uh, was uh, a principal at Greenfield High School and one of the top field hockey coaches in Western Mass and just... Just a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, she uh, she was uh, killed in a car accident um, on Friday. Uh, just such a, a tra- on her birthday. Mm. She's coming back from lunch with her with her parents, uh, and I just <clears throat> wanted to you know uh, just recognize her. Um, you know, there's people out there who you know we don't talk about on the air all the time, and they're you know raising our kids and teaching them valuable lessons. Donna was one of those people. And she was just one of one of the best. And you know, uh, you know, condolences to her to her community, to her family, and just you know, she's definitely going to be missed. All right, you'll be back next week. I'll be back next All week. All right, Scott, if you'll Cullen, have me. It will have you. It's seven twenty three with Pax and Nagel and Rock one hundred two. Seven thirty four with Pax and Nagel and Rock one hundred two. It's time for news. Brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Go to Gary Rome Hyundai today. Get zero percent financing on select models. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Max. The Connecticut State Police Cruiser was sideswiped by a sedan early Saturday morning on I-91 South in Hartford. State police said that around 3.15 in the morning, a state police cruiser was stopped in the left lane near Exit 27 to protect against an active motor vehicle accident. Uh, a Kia Sportage traveling southbound in the left lane drove through the flares and hit the cruiser on the driver's side. The trooper, the driver, and the passengers of the car were taken to hospital and are expected to be okay. The trooper's canine partner was also uninjured. The driver of the car was issued a misdemeanor summons for reckless endangerment and failure to maintain the lane of travel. See, that would be one that I would su- suspect suspect would be uh, driving under the influence. 3.15 in the morning, mm-hmm. uh, you, you hit a cop car. Oh, yeah. But you're only issued a misdemeanor summons for reckless endangerment and failure to maintain lane of travel, not uh, under the influence of drugs. Or well, they, I'm sure they would have uh, done a field sobriety test, don't you think? Uh, yeah, I no. would imagine well, they I would have. I would insist upon it. But uh, the state police don't really care for it when you hit their, when you sideswipe their cruisers. Well, I've always been of the uh, understanding that they uh, they frown upon that sort of thing. And that uh, you should try to not do that. No, no, they don't like it when you do that. Yeah. The uh, Munson Police Department is asking people to remain vigilant after an aggressive bobcat attacked somebody on Saturday afternoon. People walking on the Conant Brook Dam property should avoid the trails in the vicinity of East Hill Road because that is where the attack occurred. Environmental and Munson police officers conducted a search of the area described by the victim but were unable to find the bobcat. For anyone that is walking or hiking in the area, should call nine one one if they encounter the bobcat. It sounds like uh, it's like a guy in the woods, the bobcat. You know, I have always found, and this is me, uh, you know, living in the in a rural area. Yeah, that when the animals come out, you kind of want to not screw around with them. I had a, a raccoon on my uh, porch last night. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I know the camera goes off. I can tell with the outside camera. Sure. Goes off and lets me know that uh, somebody's there or something's there. And it's a little raccoon uh, looking uh, looking to come in the house. 
what's sniffing he, around the door, sniffing around. Well, what's he trying to do? Like uh, sell you insurance or uh, I'm not sure solar he, panels? I'm not sure what he's trying to do. I uh, I don't keep any trash out there or anything, so I don't know hmm. what he was looking for. But uh, curious. No, they're they're adorable animals. <laughs> not sure you want to let one in. By the way, bobcat tracks may be mistaken for domestic cats, but bobcats appear actually appear to have five toes, where a cat only has what four. Four toes on a cat. I don't know how many toes uh, does a cat have. I, I don't know. I had a cat with uh, with double with what? double paws, and there was a lot of toes on there. When leaving their tracks behind, a person may only notice the four toes. However, the fifth doesn't uh, impress into the ground when it walks, so it's uh, it is raised high on the four feet. Just in case you ever uh, come across a bobcat, I, I don't know what you want to do yeah, after that. Uh, well, I, I mean, after that, what's let's say you do? encounter a bobcat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I've, I've encountered lots of cougars from those bars in Palmer. Never yeah. a bobcat, though. Never a bobcat. <laughs> You'd find some at the at, at Mingles, which yeah. would be in now our second Mingles reference of the morning. Uh, one person is dead after a multi-vehicle crash on I-91 northbound in Longmeadow. According to the Mass State Police, around 2.55 a.m., this must have happened yesterday, a trooper uh, was sent to I-91 north in Longmeadow just inside the Connecticut line for a multi-vehicle crash. Three people were injured and one person has died from that accident. All three northbound lanes were closed as the investigation continued and uh, are now back open. Traffic was being diverted uh, at exit 49 in Enfield. And they had a 22 News crew on the way. Uh, but I don't know whatever happened with that. No. What happened? I, I don't know. know. I'm sure they will. Uh, I'm sure someone will say something. You would hope that they would, but yeah. I'm not sure if we do get the updates on those. Uh, going over to uh, my favorite town, East Hampton. <laughs> When East Hampton School Committee meets this fall or winter to restart a stalled superintendent selection process following multiple controversies, one of which centered around the word ladies used in an email, it might be a nearly entirely different set of people making the decision. This fall, all but one seat of the seven-member school committee is up for re-election. Mayor Nicole LaChapelle, who is a board member, won't be up for re-election for another two years since she's halfway through the city's first four-year term for mayor. Hey. Does the mayor automatically become part of the school committee? In most cities and towns, they usually really? involved. Yeah, like like for example, Dom Sarno, uh, Mayor Dom Dom, yeah, sits on the school committee. Ah, okay. And the reason for that is in most cities and towns, it's the school department that absorbs most of the city budget. Yeah, and so it, that's why the mayor sits on it. Good afternoon, meatheads. <laughs> I'm sorry. Was that a microaggression? Not when it comes to the mayor, it's not. Yeah. On election day, Tuesday, November 7th, six school committee races for two-year terms will be on the city's ballot. Nomination papers to appear on the ballot will be available in the city clerk's office starting on July 3rd, and the last day to submit papers will be September 19th, according to the East Hampton uh, website. That could give a new set of members the opportunity to revisit the superintendent search after the past month and a half yielded two failed candidacies, both controversies of their own. Uh, and wait, both controversies of their own. The, uh, they must. Well, are they? They're talking about which? I mean, are they, they're talking about like the the Vito Peron. Yeah. Are they also talking about uh, 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 Faginsky Stark? Yeah. Yes. Uh, and a decision because to, to me, there's like more than one controversy involved. Yeah. Here. A decision to seek out a temporary leader instead. Uh, school officials decided to pause the superintendent's search last week and began taking the first steps in finding an interim this week. The first candidate, Dr. Vito Perone, sparked the national debate over the term ladies after he publicly said school officials rescinded the superintendent job 
offer for a perceived microaggression. The second candidate, Faginski Stark, withdrew her nominations after students raised concern about social media posts in opposition to transgender girls participating in high school and college sports. School officials hope that putting the superintendent search on ice for now will cool off the process that mm. became hotly contested from their own doing. The process not uh, led not only to public fallout over the failed candidacies, uh, but the resignation of two school committee members and the recall effort for the board's chair. It also brought intense media attention from news outlets across the country and even the globe. Now, uh, let's assume that a bulk of the school committee is is new, okay? Yeah. By the time they get around to this. Will the uh, candidates involved be new? If they know the school committee will be a whole new group of folks? I would imagine so. I would imagine they'd still have to start the process all over again. I know, but you just wonder whether you know, whether Vito Perone is going to say, yeah, I'll try it again. Or whether you know, if against you know, Stark I, will say, I'll try I, it again. I think he's the kind of guy, I don't know. I don't know for if I were him, I'd probably say I wouldn't want any part of this. Why would you want any part of this after all of this uh, you know, okay, but if you could assume that it's a different yeah. group of people running yeah. the school committee as opposed to this block of people, yeah, does that change anything for you? I would think it probably would. Maybe. Because, I mean, you're yeah. not going to be dealing with the same idiocy you're dealing with now. At the April 10th meeting of the school committee, the first since Perone's story made headlines, a member of the committee expressed regret over how volatile the situation over the rescinded job offer had become and had doubts about whether he would be on the committee in the next term. Hmm. I'm sorry this process has become so fraught, said Ben Hersey. There's a lot of things that we can do differently. I'm 100% open as long as I'm still on this. I might not be on this board for very much longer. He's like, uh, I call him scared Mark Zuckerberg. Because <laughs> he kind of looks like Mark Zuckerberg, but it's like, I don't know why this all happened. I'll t- if you can't really see why it all happened, uh, yeah. then maybe you're not paying attention to what uh, decisions you're making. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be sunny with a high of 73. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 67. It's 56 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. When you're the king. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's just about 751 in Joe Walsh with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, Nice day today, 73 for a high and sunny tomorrow, 67 for a high and sunny as well. It's 56 right now in downtown Springfield. Check out the uh, the daily podcast on Rock 102. Com after 10 o'clock today. Today's uh, show will be posted there, and you'll be able to listen to it whenever you damn well feel like it. Also, Baxi's musical podcast this week, my guest, uh, the great Josie Cotton, whose uh, who's 1981 hit Johnny Are You Queer was a big MTV hit early in MTV's history. It's a very controversial song. She's got a new album out uh, called Day of the Gun, and it's excellent. And you can check out that interview on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and on rock102.com. You ready to rock and roll? I am. Well, we're not playing rock and roll. We're just playing sound clips. Now hear this with Bex and Nagel on Rock 102. Well, over the weekend, King Charles III was crowned King of England during his coronation ceremony. This is the moment King Charles III was officially crowned. So sanctify thy servant Charles that he may be crowned with thy gracious favor and filled with abundant grace and all princely virtues. Through him who liveth and reigneth supreme over all things, one God, world without end. Amen. 
Amen. God save the king. God save the king. What did he call it? Supreme what? Supreme. Can I go back to that? Uh, yeah, go right ahead. World without end. Amen. No. Was, and reigneth supreme. Reigneth supreme. Reigneth supreme. I believe I had one of those at Taco Bell over the weekend. Uh, reigneth supreme. See, and I always thought that the reigneth supreme would yeah. have been Diana Ross. You know what? It should have been Diana Ross, but it wasn't. Hmm. I, to- I completely agree with you. Wow. But the reigneth supreme uh, with a side of nacho cheese. Delicious. <laughs> Clip number two, a New Jersey woman heading from Flo- heading to Florida from Philadelphia accidentally ended up on the wrong flight to Jamaica. Ah, oh, Jesus. And she had no passport on her. Luckily, the Frontier Airlines crew talked to authorities and they allowed her to take another flight back to the States. Before the flight, she went to the restroom and uh, when she got to the boarding gate, they rushed her on the plane totally unaware. Her real gate got changed. Still doesn't make a whole lot of sense, though. But here's uh, here's Beverly Ellis Hebbard telling her side of the story. I laughed. I said, oh, I would love to be going there, but I have a beach where I live. And she said, look at me. This plane is going to Jamaica. You're entering a country without a passport. It should never have happened because I do not have a passport. The woman at the gate. Did not do her job. Yeah, I was going to say, there, the, an international flight requires yeah. much more screen. That's why there's two separate uh, places when you go to Hartford. They have the international flights are in one terminal and the domestics are right. in the other terminal. Yeah, how did she not get, how did she, how did she even get on the flight without producing a passport? I have no idea. Yeah, well, That's seems just, to me someone's flight should be reimbursed. You know, when uh, I just recently uh, flew down to uh, Savannah, we got, we, it was a two-flight uh, trip, and they'd land you in Baltimore, and on which, the- Which is a foreign country. Right, well, it seems like it is anyway, and you look at the ticket and it says, oh, you're, we're at like B11 or something, right? Okay. And they're like, oh, your gate is uh, is C- uh, 15. So that means you had to walk all the way over to the other side of the airport. And then you get to the airport, you get the C-15, and it's like, this one's going to Albuquerque. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Wait, what? And then you have to look up at the board to tell you, oh yeah, it's actually B-12. We were right next to it. We had to walk back all the way to the other side because they changed those gates like yeah. all the time. And you have to, it was my fault for not looking at the stupid board. There was one year I was flying uh, flying back uh, back to a uh, to Pro- to TF Green in, in Providence, yeah, and uh, the uh, the connecting flight was in Detroit, and we get on the, on the flight, and there's this woman who is you know just hacking and c- coughing and complaining, yeah. and she keeps hitting the button like every 15 seconds because she's she needs a pillow, she needs a magazine, she's got yeah. all these things, and then the uh, we start to make our descent, and the pilot says, "All right, everybody, we're going to be." Uh, I mean, regret. Uh, hello, everybody. We're going to be, this is your captain speaking. We're going to be flying into, we're going to be landing into Providence in just a matter of minutes. And then you hear the same lady go, Providence? We're going to Providence? I thought we were going to New Jersey. Yeah. Well, and she, all of a sudden, I was like, ah, oh, good. She's going to have she a long way away to She's New on Jersey. the wrong plane. She's been on the wrong plane the entire time. Yeah, I still can't even see it happening on a domestic flight. Uh, you know what I mean? There's like, so many fail safes. 
Well, look at the te- the thing I told you about where they were missing a person and it was because some lady was holding their kid in the seat. They wouldn't take the, that plane off until they made sure that they had every body for every seat that yeah. was in those planes. I on that plane. I don't know. Ridiculous. Uh let's see. Uh well, let's see. We got the time. All right. Here's an update on last week's Good Samaritan whose video blew up after saving a baby inside of a stroller racing towards a busy road. Remember we talked about this on Friday? Yeah. You may recall he happened to be in the right place at the right time because he was at a nearby Applebee's interviewing for a job. During a media interview, Ronald Nesman got a call saying he got the job. Here he is answering that Thank call. Thank you very much. Well, I got the job at Applebee's. All right. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Thank you, people. I appreciate everything, guys. All right. <laughs> what a big day for him. Now, I want to know if Applebee's like hired him after hearing the story that happened or did they hire him because we just really need people to work at Applebee's anyway? Uh, you know what? I, that's a very good question. Do not know. Uh, Hey, we really like your uh, heroism. Would you like to come and serve up diarrhea on a weekend? (laughs) Sure. Why? Sure. I got the job, mom. Applebee's hired me. <laughs> and a, uh, a parent in Florida is now facing charges after knocking out a 63-year-old umpire at his kid's high school baseball game. Here is uh, Osaka, I don't know how to pronounce that, County Sheriff Marco Lopez talking about what happened at the game that led Jorge Aponte Gonzalez getting charged with battery. This umpire is a 63-year-old man. He's a veteran. So the umpire is, you know, obviously going to maintain... Uh, control of the game because that's what they're there to do. He says, I was just defending my kid. And I said, you know, your kid's between a chain lick fence and a man. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. These adults that uh, don't know how to behave. You know what I mean? <laughs> what is what is that about? I don't know. I don't know why you would punch a, punch a referee or an umpire or whatever it would be. You know what? Maybe if they had offered him a job at Applebee's, he would have been in a much better mood. <laughs> Ooh, ever ever see people working in Applebee's? I'm gonna punch, happiest people in the world. Yeah, I'm gonna punch the crap out of you. Wait, sir, your application has been approved. You're now the line cook at Applebee's. All oh right. well, I was I was enraged, but now I'm not anymore. <laughs> and that is uh, now here. This it is 7:58 uh, with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters, Weber, Big Green Egg, Uni Pizza Ovens, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, look at us. What kind of people are we? On Saturday, you had the Kentucky Derby. 150,000 screaming people at Churchill Downs, millions of people all over the country throwing parties where people were drinking overrated minty cocktails, wearing funny hats, and losing gobs of money to watch the last remaining horses, the ones that didn't die, run like crazy for your enjoyment. Sure, seven horses may have died over the last week and a half, but if I can guzzle down a couple of mint juleps before post time, then I guess I'm ready to party. Again, I ask you, What the hell's wrong with us? Remember last week when I dished out some excellent advice that based upon the number of unexplained horse deaths at Churchill Downs, you might want to hold off and show some restraint before you drain your bank account on Derby Day? Well, as it turns out, that was really good advice because not only did two more horses die, but the horse Forte, who had been the favorite at three to one odds, was scratching the race with a bruised foot. Now, had you bet on Forte to win, you might have gotten your money back, and I'm sure you would have been delighted with that. 
But that wouldn't have explained why a sport that's already under scrutiny for doping would lose seven horses before the most significant horse race in the world and with the world's most prestigious racetrack. I certainly don't have any answers for that. All I care about is finding a goofy hat, having enough toothpicks for everybody at the party, and making sure I pick Mage to win at 16 to 1. Other than that, the last thing that's running through my mind is that Churchill Downs is an equine-centric death trap. Because you see, with enough minty muddled bourbon drinks in your system, you can't possibly focus on the looming tragedy of dead animals, and especially not when the host just put out those delicious weenie wraps that I love so much, because those things are delicious. And I don't want to be the one to ruin the party with any unwanted moral outrage. Not while those weenie wraps keep coming out and pass me the dipping sauce. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Hey, anyone got anything and uh, know anything about grills around here? There's a trained grill expert at every Rocky's Ace Hardware. And Palmer, you're talking about Jeffrey. Jeffrey knows a thing or two about grilling. It's your grilling destination. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger Woodfire Grills, the Uni Pizza Oven, and introducing the Blackstone Outdoor Griddles. All available at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8-12 Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Oh, there it is. There you go. It's just, a cold, it just ended cold like that. Yes. That's crazy. Anyhow. Uh, hey, uh, the, the, the weather uh, today going to be nice. Sunny, high of 73. Uh, tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66, 58 right now in downtown Springfield. Steve, uh, if I may just take a quick moment yeah. of your time. Uh, it is time for the keyword to cash, $1,000 mm-hmm. keyword of the day. Today's keyword, Steve, is the word bank. That's bank. B-A-N-K. That's B as in boy would I like to win $1,000. A, another chance at winning $1,000. Mm. N, Another chance of winning $1,000, and K, I'd be okay winning $1,000. we got to put these boogie bears up and make bank. Couldn't have said it better myself. Go to uh, go to the keyword to cash contest on uh, rock102.com. Enter the word bank for your chance to win $1,000. you got until midnight tonight to enter the, ta- enter the word mm-hmm. bank, B-A-N-K. Good luck from Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. A pretty good, uh, pretty good weekend uh, involving my kids. My uh, my oldest was in a in a play uh-huh. on uh, Friday and Saturday. That's cool. Uh, which I went to go see uh, the showings. Uh-huh. Um, it was the it was the Brothers Grimm Spectacular. It was very very well put together. Uh, kids did great. A uh, very talented group of kids. Was the title spectacular, or is that just like an adjective for the show? Uh, it was like, it was like a modern day take on the Brothers Grimm fairy tales. And of course, you know, they, they reference the fact that, uh, you know, we can't do certain things because of copyright infringement by Disney. Sure. But, uh, but, but, it, but it was a very humorous, uh, good show. Okay. All right. Sure. And then, uh, yesterday being at the nice day it was, mm-hmm. it's ice cream season. Can I just say, uh, something yeah. that's going to sound absolutely crazy? Yeah. I don't understand why there's an ice cream season. I love ice cream all year long. Well, I don't know why we deny ourselves ice cream enjoyment simply because it's cold outside. Because a lot of these places depend on outdoor activity. Mm-hmm. You know, like if it's a nice day, you're probably going to do well with your ice cream business. If it's a rainy day and it's probably 40 degrees, 
Yes, there are many people who love ice cream 365 days a year. Yeah, and I'm one of not, them. But there are not many people who will want to come out during a cold day uh, see, I, in I, February to get an ice cream cone. Listen, I don't mind sitting in my car with the motor running yeah. and eating ice cream. I, I, if the ice cream is good, I'm willing to I'm willing to patronize your business all the time. So I was looking. Uh, I needed uh, I needed some food and some ice cream. Okay. And uh, what better way with a guy with gallbladder issues than to go get himself a nice <laughs> greasy cheeseburger? Um, but we went over to uh, to Malicious Farms uh-huh. in uh, over in uh, Feeding Hills. That's a good place. Or where I, is it Southwick? I think it's South. It's Southwick actually. Um, but uh, awesome. You know, it's pretty good. They get the the cheeseburger and then uh, then the nice ice cream, the homemade ice cream there. But I'm looking. Uh, I'm looking for uh, more suggestions, not better suggestions, just more suggestions because I, you know, that's in a certain location. Mm-hmm. It takes me a good forty minutes to get over there from where I live. Sure. Uh, where uh, where is it? Where's some other good ice cream places around? You know, um, from my money, I, I wouldn't normally go this far out of the way for a for a thing of ice cream but if i'm in, I'm in town mm-hmm. uh and this place happens to be open mm-hmm. harold's in northampton every day okay and the, re- and the reason i'll tell you that is steve harold who who owned that for many many years used to own steve's ice cream uh which was in providence for many years and it was the best damn ice cream in, in, ever and it was fantastic and you know same recipe up in harold's yeah, it's a, it's just a wonderful ice cream shop. Yeah, and there, I love that place. There used to be a really good place in Feeding Hills. Um, it was like uh, it was on Springfield Street, going towards where the Stop and Shop is and all that <clears> stuff. <throat> in, okay, in Feeding Hills, and it was like a, it was like a, a building, and they had these like monster Sundays, and they were probably like it was like almost like a half gallon bucket of ice cream. It already sounds good. Uh and then that place closed and I never I never even knew what the name of it. I only stopped there once mm-hmm. and I, I never went back again. But I'm looking uh, you know for who's got the grandiose stuff. <sighs> you know the big you know I had yesterday I had one of the moon nuts uh brownie moon nut sundays. Oh yeah, that's good. With the peanuts. Mhm. And the and the brownie and all that stuff. One of the uh, most dangerous places in all of Western Massachusetts, and I'm only saying this because of the proximity to my house. Yeah, is uh, and you know, and during the pandemic, you know, when uh, when all of a sudden I just got a notion to eat everything in front of me, mm-hmm. um, I found that going to Rice's was potentially problematic for mm-hmm. me because it's so close to my house uh, that I could, in theory, walk there. But that ain't ever going to happen if I'm going to have myself a gallon and a half of ice cream while I'm there. Yeah. That's awful good ice cream. Well, you could go on the Rice's ice cream diet. Uh, you could just walk from your house yeah. all the way to Rice's, mm-hmm. have your Sunday, and walk all the way back and not eat anything, and I bet you you'll lose weight. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Uh, but so, like, another one that I that I, I really like is uh, is the Elsie's Creamery over at at Randall's. Randall's? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's good, too. That's some good stuff, that's, too. You're damn right about that. It's something about these like these places, these maliciouses and mm-hmm. all that stuff where they, you can tell it's homemade ice cream. It's not the processed stuff that you get in the in the grocery store. Yeah. I, you know, I, listen, <laughs> uh, I, I have no problem ripping through a couple of pints of Ben & Jerry's at, at any one given time, but I do kind of like the uh, old Ma and Pa style ice cream joint. Well, if you're talking store-bought stuff, that Tillamook, have you ever had that? I have not. It's really good, 
and you got to wait for it to go on sale because it's like twenty dollars a, ga- a gallon. But uh, you wait for it to go on sale, you can get it for like five, five, six bucks. But uh, but but outdoors, I want you know outdoor ice cream place suggestions. Yeah, and I'll uh, I'll travel all over Western Mass just to just to get a dish. Have you uh, have you seen this uh, this one? Ice cream that they're selling in the grocery stores. This uh, Van Lewin. No, what is that? They make a. Uh, it, it's hard to really kind of explain this, but they make a bunch of unusual flavors. For example, they have <clears throat> they have a macaroni and cheese flavored ice cream. Now I know that sounds disgusting, but are, is there any one of us that doesn't love macaroni and cheese and I, have eaten it cold? I, I love, have. I love macaroni and cheese. Of course you do. I don't know about eating it cold though. You know what I would uh, I would uh, I would try it. I would I would give it a go. I would give it a run for its money. I would mess that up. Really? Yeah, why not? Cuz it's just I mean it's so unusual and you think, well, you know, how how good can that possibly be? Well, sometimes I've tried things that were not really good yeah. and they want it being exceptional. I'm very particular when it comes to what's in my ice cream. Really? Yeah. Well, what do you get? I can't do like hard candy, like, like even M and M's, like they have to be crushed and cut up and put in there. I can't uh, just yeah. eat like a whole M M&M and M because they freeze and then you know, break you know, a chewing tooth. on it. Yeah, yeah, I don't want that. Uh, and I don't like, I like saucy stuff. Yeah, marshmallow sauce, uh-huh. hot fudge, oh yeah, uh, cherry sauce, mm. uh, things like that. And yeah. I also like something warm underneath the ice cream, like an apple crisp. Yeah. Or a brownie or some right. sort of uh, baked good yeah. uh, cookie uh-huh. or something like that. Go on. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm just telling you what I like. And I like the ice cream to be uh, – it can be vanilla, but I'm more of a chocolate person. Sure. But if you have a mix, an even mix of both, I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm just looking for a, for a place to, to stop by. Yeah, you know, this is the, this is the problem. Uh, there have been many times when it's like it's after dinner. Okay, it's like, you know, I had had dinner at 5, it's 6.30, mm-hmm. Rice's doesn't close until 8, and you say, gee, I wonder what's, I wonder how long the line is over there, and, I, and, and I'll, I'll go, just, you know, totally out of curiosity, and oh my God, it's so good. Now, there's another place in, uh, in Munson that I haven't been to, but I've tried it in, in the stores, yeah. like, uh, I believe, uh, like Bilton's and, uh, and Hamden sells it. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it, and it's so ridiculously good. Like good local handmade ice oh, cream. Yeah. Let's see, that's made with love. Yeah, you can taste the love inside. You can taste of it. the love inside. I love when I love when you get ice cream and you can just you just you just say someone really spent a good deal of time loving and nurturing what, this thing of what, ice cream. What kind of love? Good clean love, good. or like love from a hooker when you pay her twenty bucks? Listen, when if, if the ice cream is good, I don't yeah. really care, man. I you know I don't. You, yeah, I don't. I don't it's, care who's it's, serving it. It's love for long enough. Yeah, there that's you it. Go. That's it. Because it's you know it's a, it's a temporary enjoyment. Yeah, I just uh, I really enjoy uh, Sundays oh, shakes. Yeah, that's you good. know, and uh, you know, Friendlies doesn't do it for me anymore. I just can't do it. You, <sighs> you know, know, it's not that it's again. It's never been about the food for me for Friendlies. The ice cream is fine. I got no problem yeah. with that. But if I really want to, you know, treat myself. I want something a little bit better than that. Yeah, so, just uh, just a little bit like Harold's. I'm not, I'm, I'm never gonna have a bad experience at Harold's. Classic Burgers over in West Springfield. Yeah, they make uh, the hand spun shakes 
Oh, yeah. That's some good stuff, man. Yeah, Anything like, that's thick and chocolatey, I like. Yeah, I have, I've uh, had a couple of samples at uh, Batches in Longmeadow. Mm-hmm. I've never had that before. They Where were at that? the. They were serving ice cream at that thing you and I went to, at uh, at Great Horse. Oh, I didn't get a chance to have that, but it where, was. It, where's the storefront? Uh you know where Max Burger is. Yeah, it's right to the uh, the right of it. And no idea. Or is it to the left? It's. I guess it depends which way you're going in or going out. I think I need to spend more time in the bougie part of town. Oh yeah, you yeah. don't you don't you don't think those people would. Uh, would have like a sweatshop ice cream in their uh, the Longmeadow shop, do you? No, no, no of course no, they would. No. Oh god, god Jesus. yeah, that's like uh, ice cream made with gold flakes. How come no one has ever said to us, "Hey, you know what we'd love to do? We would love to install like an like an ice cream parlor right here in the Rock One or Two offices." Yeah, we could do that. So they're just like you know, in between, so before you start a long, boring meeting with management, uh, you you know, you grab yourself a Sunday or you you make a Sunday yourself. Sit there and enjoy, uh, enjoy a nice cone of ice cream while you're sitting there listening to all this humiliating chit chat about your career. Yeah, I could totally go for that. I could totally go for that too. Uh, let's make those suggestions. What uh, what ice cream would you sell here? I don't even care. It just it could be any ice cream. Any ice cream? Well, I mean, good ice cream. Yeah, you don't want like briars in there. Listen, we got sweatshop. We can't even get good toilet paper in the bathrooms. We're not going to get real good ice cream here. You, you notice like most of the ice creams now in the store are not really ice cream because it has to have a certain amount of milk fat in it for it to be officially called ice cream by the standards of how ice cream is regulated. Right. In this co- we have ice cream regulators in this country. Did you know that? I do know that. And uh, it has to have a certain percent of milk fat, and if it doesn't, then you have to call it something else. So they call it frozen dairy dessert because it doesn't have the amount of cream in it to yeah. make it creamy enough. Listen, if it's if it's like a homemade ice cream, mm-hmm. like, a, like a shot made in the shop. Yeah. It's usually very high fat, yeah. delicious cream ice cream. The way it's supposed to be made. That's the a, that's the way it's done. I'd go for a Sunday right now. Eight twenty five. You yeah. have any Klondike bars up in the freezer? They got nothing. Nothing. Eight twenty five in Rock one hundred two. Get fresh. You're playing golf today. No, I'm not. Go playing golf. It's uh, eight twenty eight with Bax and Nagel and Rock one hundred two. Uh, I've been uh, inundated with people telling me that it's Westview Farms Creamery in Munson. Yeah, it is, I, I it a, is delicious. I got a few of those messages too. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to try that. I also want to try this Rogers place uh, over in Chicopee. Rogers? Yeah, they have uh, ice cream bombs. Right? Is that uh, even legal? It, apparently it is, and it looks like um, you remember when the, the 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 ice cream you used to buy in school, like the strawberry shortcake one, mm-hmm. where it was like had those breaded crumb things around the ice cream and then the strawberry inside. Yeah, sure. Well, this is like the fresh version of that. Oh, like they okay. hand dip it into that, st- so it's it's not like it's a frozen, uh, you know, frozen breadcrumbs. This looks really good. I'm going to have to go check out Roger's place. That looks awful good. They don't open till 2. Come Come on. on. Well, you know, that's the other thing. I I mean, you know, the rest of the week they're open noon to 8. Monday's 2 to 8. They must need the extra two hours to clean up up all the shrapnel from the ice cream pops (sighs) from the weekend. Well, I I, I tell you, I've had a couple of flavors from Westview Farms sold in a store. Mm -hmm. And... uh, Oh, boy, that was awful good. Uh, I'm looking at this. Holy crap. Oreo churro nachos. This is at Rogers? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that, too. Ugh. 
that looks absolutely delicious. You know, there was a place up in uh, up in uh, up in Syracuse where I used to live, <laughs> and uh, but there was a, there was a place, and, and and it was an ice cream place that was horrible when I was a kid. Yeah, and then uh, my brother was like, "Hey, you should go down to that uh, Marcellus Creamery there," and I said, ah, "That place, that place. Uh, you mean your ice milk bar? Because that's all I remember it from." Right, and he's like, "No, no, no. You got to go down there. New owners. Everything is like." Uh, like high fat, high cream, oh, like kind yeah. of thing. A small, co- they serve all the cones in a dish, mm-hmm. oblong dishes, because the yeah. small is probably about a foot long. Yeah, the medium is a foot and a half long, and then the large is a two foot long ice cream, and it's really good. That sounds really yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. That's that's uh. Oof. Yeah, we need a place like that around here. But I, I'm thinking the uh, Oreo churro nachos yeah. look yeah. pretty damn good at Rogers. Place. That would be awesome if that just suddenly showed up here at the station, and then you and I were feeding well, our fat faces they, with ice cream. They don't open till two. If they dropped it off uh, after they open, then somebody's going to eat that here. You know, one of these uh, seagulls upstairs oh, will eat that. These hyenas yeah. over here, yeah, 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 they'll, yeah. they'll rip right through I want that. It like, fresh. I'm going to actually go there one of these days and, and get it fresh. It's 831. We have news next to Rock 102. It's uh, 834 with Max and Nagel and Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Everybody wants to chime in about the ice cream thing. Yeah, I got everybody. uh, I got people sending me, uh, you know, links to Rogers, uh, links to this place, to that place. And yet I don't see, uh, you know, links are great, but I can't stuff my face with links unless they're sausage links. No, no. I can't do that either. Sausage links sound way better. Yeah, but given a choice between sausage links and uh, and ice cream at uh, eight thirty four in the morning, I would. Uh, I'm feeling uh, very dairy deficient lately. I would take both of those things. Really, sausage mm. link in ice cream? That might be a interesting treat. Well, you put the they wrap the sausages in pancakes and syrup. Yeah, why not? You know, don't they do that with the pigs in the blanket? I know an ice cream place that actually serves a uh, pancake and maple uh, ice cream. Who does that? The place uh, I used to go to when I was living in Wisconsin. Oh, they well, were, it's all you know, it's all frozen yogurt out there. Yeah, you can't get, find ice cream. Don't get my hopes up and make it sound like it was around here, and then you talk about Wisconsin. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. just saying. The uh, Holyoke Police Department is seeking the public's help in identifying a jewelry thief. According to the department, the jewelry thief made off with some jewelry at the Holyoke Mall. Well, if he didn't walk away with jewelry, he wouldn't be a jewelry thief, would he? Well, like, uh, let's say he stole a boba tea from the boba. Would he be the boba thief? Yes, he would. Yeah. Yes. Would he or would he just be a thief at that point? Well, I mean, it depends if he's very specific to the kind of thing he likes to steal. Maybe. Anyway, anyone that has any information on his identity is asked to call the Holyoke Police Department, uh, or you can text a tip. Uh, just, you know, if you just see a guy. Tip. Yeah, if you see a guy walking around with lots of gold chains and diamond rings, mm-hmm. and uh, he doesn't look like he would afford all those things, he might be the suspect. Yeah, well. Again, uh, what kind of thief would you be if you had jewelry on you? A jewelry thief. Yeah. If you stole a car, you'd be an auto thief. I just make fun of the way they say it. I they know. say it like two or three times to describe what this person was. Well, I'm not diminishing the thief. I'm diminishing the people that wrote about it. And, he, and you stole from the mall? The mall jeweler? You just uh, 
you're not doing yourself any favors going there. You know, they're up in the price. Of, you know, let's say, uh, let's say, uh, you know, larceny over two hundred fifty dollars. Sure. You go to a normal jewelry store, you steal something for a hundred bucks. Uh, you're not going. You're only getting a misdemeanor charge. No. But if you steal something from the mall jeweler that's actually only worth fifty dollars, they're going to mark that up to three hundred dollars, and all of a sudden you're a larceny over two hundred fifty dollars. What it are you doing? Really, not really fair. What are you doing? Knocking over the piercing pagoda? Yeah, this is another class in the Steve Nagel College of Knowledge. Uh, you know which if, which jewelry store yeah. is to knock over? If if you yeah. must steal, right. know what to steal and its uh, value. Yeah, stay away from anybody that has any connections to organized crime. You don't want to deal with that because right. they'll come out and uh, you know take care of you. So true. And uh, uh, mom and pop shop. <laughs> don't. I'm not encouraging anybody. Yeah, don't don't listen. Don't, don't steal anything. Just just be smart about it. Anyway, uh, over in Munson, uh, the Munson police are asking people to remain vigilant after an aggressive bobcat knacked, uh, attacked somebody on Saturday afternoon. People walking on the Conant Brook Dam property should avoid the trails in the vicinity of East Hill Road because that's where the attack occurred. Environmental and Munson police officers conducted a search of the area described by the victim but were unable to find the bobcat. For anyone that is walking or hiking in the area, you should call 911 if you encounter the bobcat. According to Mass.gov, bobcats' habitats usually involve mountainous areas such as those that have rocky ledges, hardwood forests, swamps, bogs, and brushy areas near fields. The bobcats become more visible in backyards and residential areas throughout Massachusetts as they adapt to suburban settings. Those are the exact kinds of places I don't ever want to go to. Yeah. Regardless of bobcats. And then they tell you that the uh, bobcat tracks may be mistaken for domestic cats. I don't look at animal tracks in the woods. Like, I don't even... Yeah, once the uh, once the summer comes along, it's all dry out there. That's usually when I go walking through the woods. You're not going to make any imprints in the soil. The only thing I'm looking for if I'm in the woods is how far am I from my car. Yes. Yeah, if yes. I can't see my car, it's time to go back. That's a good way to do that, especially yes. for a non-active uh, member of society like yourself. Listen, the uh, people like me, the uh, the, sedent- well, the who are living the sedentary lifestyle, have to be very careful with what we do. It's very easy to find ourselves in a predicament where we have to do extra activity. Yeah, we, you don't want to do the extra activity. I don't. Thing. Hell no. No. Good God, no. Uh, some good news out of Ludlow. Mary, Mary the Antelope has been captured. Found, if you will. The missing Elon Antelope. That is, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, uh, that escaped the Lupa Zoo in April has finally been captured. According to Joan Lupa, president of the Lupa Zoo, what are the chances of that? You have the same last name of the place you work for? Well, it's a family business. Oh, I'm just, just saying that was a little ironic if it was the fact that her name was Lupa. I know, huh? Or it's the Lupa Zoo. Uh, Mary the Antelope was captured around 11.45 p.m. on Saturday and is expected to be brought back to the Lupa Zoo around 10.30 a.m. on Sunday. Mary was found between Miller and Chapman Street near Eversource. Uh, Wally Lupa, the director, another guy with the same last name as the zoo? Same family. This is weird. Yeah, it is, isn't it? He said, last night I had an eye on her near the solar panels by the Mass Pike and Chapin and Miller Streets and was able to bring her in with a live camera, a 100-foot rope, and a trailer. As I said earlier, this is much how like I pick up my women. <laughs> a live camera, a 100-foot rope, and a trailer. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, she walked right into the trailer, and to say I was relieved would be an understatement. That's got to be, like, so stressful. You run this business, 
obviously you care a lot about the animals that you take care of. Right. And this antelope got out because of a storm and, the, you know, the, the paddock got damaged during the, the ice storm or whatever. And uh, then the, the antelope left. Yeah. But you know what I would be concerned about? Look at it from the antelope's perspective. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get out of the zoo. You're, you're roaming free for weeks. No one knows where you are. You find, you're enjoying every bit of it. You know, you're on the outside looking at what, other, what else is going on in the world. Everything's like a new adventure, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, some dude with a rope finds his way to lasso you and then bring you into the truck. And you don't know what's going on. You're yeah. just minding your own business. You're being an antelope. Next thing you know, you're in the truck and you say to yourself, oh, my God, what did I just do? And they say- what, what, I was- what did I find myself yeah. into now? Well, and they, they had to in- interrogate the antelope. They're like, what were you doing? I had a really good lead on this bobcat over in Munson. <laughs> we were going to go get ice cream at Westview Farms. <laughs> you see, kids, that's called a callback. Of all the stories we did today, we just put it all looped it together Nicely in done. one. How about Nicely that? Nicely huh? done. Yeah. And then you ask the bobcat, you're like, bobcat, what were you doing? I was waiting for this hot little antelope to come on over here. <laughs> I was going to ravage her. She was coming with cones. Yeah. How do you think she's missing that horn on her head? Hmm? Yeah. You think you think that was from a... I assume she lost it the hard way. Yeah. It was a fight with a buck. <laughs> you know, you're driving down well, the Mass... Well, she'll do nearly anything for a buck. Yeah, you're driving down the Mass Pike, and you pull over the car, and you see this antelope standing there <laughs> next to the solar panels, and you're like, uh, what are you doing out here? Well, I could... Uh, <laughs> I could have... S- I could... Stand by these solar panels right over here, or I could have sex with you and everything in between. There you go. Get in. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite Family Guy lines with the deer on the side of the road. He was looking to get some from the deer. <sighs> well, you know, you never know what you're going to encounter when you so uh, true when you do that. Uh, we already talked about the guy with the toes mm-hmm. uh, sucking on the uh, guy. You know, let's 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 continue with the animal stories. You ready? Yes. Uh, someone's pet emu escaped from his enclosure near Minneapolis on Thursday after he thought he found his soulmate. This is kind of like what we were just talking about. The emu found its soulmate. The emu. Okay. But sadly, it wasn't meant to be. Mainly because the other emu he saw was actually a frisbee golf goal, one of those basket things with the chains hanging down. Yeah. That the emu's name is Erasmo. Is it Erasmo? Or Erasmo. His owner said he'd be uh, pacing back and forth by his property fence for a few days. Turned out he thought the neighbor's frisbee golf goal was another emu, so he scaled the fence hoping to mate with it. But obviously that didn't work out. Yeah. Kept getting frisbees tossed to the back of his head. Yeah. The good news is the Erasmo quickly moved on, but police found him in a neighbor's yard eating apples. He's back home now. Well, it's probably less dangerous than uh, trying to mate a frisbee golf basket. Yeah, I don't think that works out for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like the mirage in the desert for the emu. Like, <laughs> oh, man, look at that fine piece of emu over there. Oh, man. I'm gonna, wait till I get my hands on that one. I'm going to be emuing all over the place <laughs> once I get a hold of her. And then you go up and you're like, how come you're not moving? We just met. We're not married, for God's <laughs> sakes. Yeah, you look a little bit better from the other side of the field. Yeah, you you look a lot different. This was not what I anticipated. Yeah, like the the news people who uh, don't look as good in person as they do on television. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, find out, uh, big surprise, big surprise. Your actually, pioneer, 
actually, it's the opposite. Actually, they usually is. look a lot it better is, off it, camera. It is the opposite. Your Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, sunny with a high of 73. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 66. It's 58 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 851, and the Black Crows are back to Nagel on Rock 102. Uh, sunny and nice today with a high of 73. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 66. It's 58 right now in downtown Springfield. So you uh, did you watch any of it this weekend? What? The, the, uh, uh, the coronation of the king? I didn't watch any of that stuff. Yeah. I watched, uh, I think it was Macron uh, from France there. Uh-huh. He had a video of him picking his nose. Oh, that's and, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, I actually kind of prefer those kinds of videos. Yeah, I'm watching yeah, some yeah. guy getting crowned. I, I, and, I, and I saw some of the protest signs of uh, not my king and uh, the only good king is a Burger King. <laughs> you know, so it was like kind of. <laughs> and even then you have to wonder whether you're getting everything you want out of the Burger King. Yeah. I, I know the Dairy Queen ain't all what's cracked up to No, me. the Dairy Queen is not anything. Anything like that. You know, uh, I I didn't watch a, a, a lick of it, and uh, but I did you know go online and I did you know look at some of the comments on like the uh, the social medias. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to. I mean, I realize that the that that for the British, yeah, you know, the royal family is like a really big deal for for some of them. You know, for some of them, I feel like there was a great sense of loss when the Queen died. But the more I read about you know Prince Charles, yeah, or King Charles, I should say. The more I realize, you know what? This is a very, very weird dude who's had a ridiculously odd life. Yeah. You realize he's got like 150 people that are working for him? Yeah. He doesn't do anything. His job is to basically be a prince or king. Yeah. He doesn't really have like a, like a fixed schedule of stuff he does. I mean, he does, but he, but it's like not like he's got a... He's got to run to work. You know, it's not like he's got to, you know, do a lot of meetings. He just, you know, he just, he's just the king. It's all you do. Well, I'm sure they keep him busy with stuff all day long. They like would have to, considering what. shaking ceremonies and things like that. But it's, but it's just that. It's yeah. all ceremonies. It's like, can you imagine uh, you're him and uh, try to imagine that what he does throughout his day would be like one Rock 102 work release after another. I mean, you're you're there purely out of obligation. You're just shaking hands and talking to people like you care about their are, lives. Are people showing up with Tupperware and uh, shoving that royal buffet with oh, uh, yeah. with appetizers? Yeah, and it's yeah. And it, you do like a. I mean, it's not really the wheel of meat, but it's more like a, a British meat, like a, the a wheel, wheel of, of wheel of mutton, a wheel of mutton, yeah. or a haggis, haggis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you spin the wheel. Oh, you won the haggis. Congratulations! Here's some kidney pies and haggis and and haggis for that you. It would be a bad uh, bad trip. Bad but you know he's. But I was reading like he's like he has someone who lays his clothes out for him every single day. He's got someone who he gets his shoelaces uh, ironed every single day. All his pajamas are ironed right before he goes to sleep, so they're still they're still uh, warm to the touch when he yeah. puts them on. You know what? I, for all the people who are like, oh God, I wish I had that kind of money or whatever. No, you don't. Do you really? Would you really want to live that kind of life? No, because I, I mean, I I don't. Listen, I got shoes with the with the laces that are yeah. practically falling apart. I don't really need them ironed. You know, I don't even. I don't need my my drawers ironed. I need my socks ironed. I need any of that stuff. Just want to live my life. If I were the king, I would seriously scale things down. Yeah, I would want to be like. 
like uh, if I were accidentally involved in a royal family, I'd want to kind of tone it down a notch or two. Yeah. You want to turn uh, Buckingham Palace into the Buckland Hills Mall is what you're trying to say. I think I get a hell of a lot more out of that. Because why w- wouldn't everybody want an Orange Julius inside Buckingham Palace? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'd have... I'd have that uh, that pretzel place. Yeah. I'd have the Mrs. Fields cookies. Yeah. I'd have a Sabaro. I'd get a slice of uh, you know, uh, gross pizza whenever I wanted to. Uh, you know what, though? I've never heard, uh, for all the things that you want to you know, turn these into promotions, I've never heard King Charles uh, you know, selling sleep number beds or, <laughs> or uh, you know, picking up your local uh, coronation uh, supplies at your local Rocky's Ace Hardware, which I'm sure they probably have. I'm sure they do, and uh, I, but but I, I yeah. find it hard to imagine that Prince Charles would even know what to do with a screwdriver or an Allen wrench. But I can't, yeah, right, and I can't see Prince Charles selling meat out of the back of a truck in the <laughs> mall parking lot. Hey, come on down, kids. Only uh, f- tw- 20 ribeyes for f- <laughs> 20 ribeyes for $40, 40 pounds. You yeah, can have this delicious meat out of this refrigerated yeah. truck in the most desolate mall parking lot in America. I mean, yeah. I, I would have to think it would it'd be like the same thing. And then yeah. and then when they install the food for five bucks at the at the Royal yeah, Work Release, yeah, right, then yeah, you're going to have right. real problem. There's a mutiny. Yeah, that's when the people revolt. Hey, uh, actor Michael Winslow. <laughs> Actor Michael Winslow is coming to uh, the Agawam Cinemas on Saturday, May uh, 20th. You can uh, meet and greet Michael Winslow. You got a selfie photo op with him. uh, The one of a kind uh, branded uh, 8x10 photo custom autographed by Michael himself. Plus, he will introduce one of his many films. I'm going to guess it might be one of the Police Academy movies. Yeah, but he was in uh, Spaceballs. You know what? I forgot about that. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Maybe they'll be uh, showing uh, space balls. Anyway, he's going to be there at noon on the 20th, and we happen to have a uh, a, a pair of tickets to you meet and greet uh, actor, comedian, uh, uh, noise-making sensation yeah, Michael Winslow. Uh, 10th caller right now at 293-1021. Good luck to you. There you go. There you have it. It's just about 8.58 on Rock 102. Rock 102 wants to know, what would you say if you won $1,000? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You and you say, oh, my God. 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 It's the keyword to cash. Keep listening for the $1,000 keyword of the day. Then enter at rock102.com. Keyword to cash is powered by TextMeForTires.com and Kim Kehoe of the Nielsen team, Livian Keller Williams. Munson Savings Bank is your bank for business. Businesses of all sizes trust in Munson Savings for their lending and banking.